0: Hello, welcome everybody, it's Aristotle Full Throttle, and you know, it's uh, Tuesday, all day, look at the background, it's a little bit off-kilter, like me, your host of the Aristotle Full Throttle show, which is five days a week, Monday through Friday, 4pm Pacific Standard Time, Specific Pacific Standard Time. We're having a good time here at Aristotle Full Throttle, talking about entertainment, What's in the news, music, movies, and all of the fun stuff you like to do? Ah. Oh, did you guys see the. We talked about the Super Bowl yesterday. You can listen to that. It's a podcast, it's over on Spotify. I have rewatched that Super Bowl halftime show. And boy, oh boy, was it good. I really enjoyed it. I was like, I actually used the word percolate today. Because, uh,. It's not the most gangster rap of lyrics, but Mary J. Blige says it in that song. She's like, get percolating, making coffee. Speaking of coffee, I got my coffee right here. I think she's thinking, she's singing about making coffee, right? Let's get it down to bathing and percolating. You know, you start to run out of words that rhyme with percolate. You know, nothing rhymes with elephant. Unless you're Eminem. Speaking of the Super Bowl halftime show, Abadab likes to rhyme things with things that should not rhyme, like orange. I saw Abdul, he rhymed something with orange. He said, door hinge, He said it's about twisting the word. It's about bending the word, bending the rhyme. He thinks outside the box, which is fantastic. How was your Valentine's Day? Did you have a Valentine's Day? Did you have a Valentine's not everybody does. Not everybody likes Valentine's Day. A lot of people hate it. They say it's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure to do things. A lot of pressure to go out. A lot of pressure to make sweet love to your partner. Or partners, I don't know. So, you know, it's fun. <laughs> it's a day we all... S- I saw something yesterday It was like, Captain Cook. Might have talked about this yesterday, but- was killed on Valentine's Day, and that's what it's all about, getting killed on Valentine's It's about murdering Captain Cook and the colonizers. It's not about chocolates and love. Hey! Here it is. My most likable song ever. Here it is. Coca-Cola, lipstick ring, go dance all night, dance all
1: night. Kiss me, just kiss me. Me this, me this, this is your most likable song ever? Yeah. What? People will love it. I can destroy everything. But I'm not. But I
0: can. But I can. Welcome, Rod, to the show I'm just talking about. Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl and the Foo Fighters. This is what we're going to bring. This was the impetus to talk about this discussion. I was listening to the Foo Fighters on an interview today, and they're they're a fun group. They're a, you know, if you don't like the Foo Fighters, I get it. But if you like the Foo Fighters, I get it. It's a a preference. It's a matter of preference. You gotta respect the fact that Dave Grohl was in the greatest band ever, or, like, the biggest band of the early 90s, which was Nirvana. Not the greatest band ever. Beatles were the greatest band ever. Let's just get that straight. Dave Grohl was in that group. But the singer... I don't know if you heard about Kurt Cobain's Blue Eyes but one blew this way one blew that way the singer kills himself right blows his own head off dies maybe he was murdered I don't know I didn't see the movie called Soaked in Bleach but now you say I'm the drummer and the biggest band of the world my singer killed himself what do I do? well I go on for another 26 years making hits <laughs> that's what Dave Grohl did he said you could turn this lemon into a a, like you can rub it in a wound or you can make lemon meringue pie out of a career and that guy has done well for himself and I can appreciate his maniacal drive because I myself am maniacally driven (laughs) yeah yeah I heard about Stern 2 today listen to that interview it's really good I mean I just love listening to Taylor Hawkins I actually ran into Taylor Hawkins this is my story about running into Taylor Hawkins I don't know if you've ever met a foo if you ever fought a foo but I was at a bar with my brother one time. He was visiting Los Angeles. I was in Woodland Hills at this bar that I always call the Village Idiot because I can never remember the name of the bar. It's, I, I say it's a, that bar in particular. My Foursquare review of it is where Valley people find other Valley people to create more Valley people. It's a meeting spot for Valley breeders. Listen, I'm not... I'm not a locationist. But once I moved to Hollywood... <laughs> Out of the valley, I just never looked back. This valley can be very Staten Island-y. But I ran into Taylor Hawkins at the bar. I was sitting there. There was nobody in the bar. It was just me, my brother, and my girlfriend at the time, but we are just having a beer. And then we start walking, and they're playing like Foo Fighter songs. And I'm like, oh, I love this song. I love that song. These are Foo Fighter songs. And as I'm walking out of the bar, just Taylor Hawkins is just sitting at the bar by himself, alone, and I'm looking at him and I'm like gobsmacked I just was like I I, I did but is it and then I didn't say hi I punked out and then I sat in the car going I should go in there and say hi to Taylor Hawkins that was Taylor Hawkins he's a drummer for Foo Fighters I should go in there and say hi they were playing Foo Fighters songs because they knew he was in the bar they said that's Taylor Hawkins let's play his songs and then here's how I knew it was Taylor Hawkins because I actually (laughs) right in that moment I like looked up where does Taylor Hawkins live and he lives like he lived like three miles from there. <laughs> he just bought a house up the road, so I was like, "Oh, that was Taylor Hawkins." Because I, I do—I mean, you know Taylor Hawkins when you see him. I'm going to say Taylor Hawkins one more time, Taylor Hawkins. So I enjoyed my encounter with him. Here's what happened, Rod, Uncle Rod. Uh, a couple years after that, I saw Alex Van Halen in a similar area, basically across the street and down the road a little bit on Ventura Boulevard. I saw Alex Van Halen and I said hi to him because I said, I'm not going to do another Taylor Hawkins. So Alex Van Halen was sitting at the table next to us. So I waited till they were finished and I just sat there. And as they got up to leave, I was like, "Uh, excuse me, Alex, listen, I love all the music you and your brother brought us brought to the world. Thank you so much. And then he's like, oh yeah, thanks, oh cool, yeah. And then I realized this was the mistake I did this time. I didn't ask him to take a picture. And I think he stood there for like an awkward 20 seconds expecting me to ask him to take a picture. (laughs) But I don't, I feel like I don't do those kinds of things because they just get mobbed all the time. I always try to be like cool about it, you know? I always try to be like, hey, I know you, I see you, cool, what's up? And I don't try to be like a fanboy out, like, oh, let me take a picture. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he was expecting that, so I, but I didn't do that, and I felt awkward. I was like, okay, Alex Van Halen, you can go now. <laughs> um, but that was cool. That was really cool. I, I got to meet him and say hi, and he was, like, really nice. He was super nice, and just... He's a little awkward, though. You know? I'm awkward. Everybody's awkward. Everybody's got their own thing, but Alex Van Halen is particularly just one of them G- like he and his brother are kind of like these savant music musicians so they just gotta I don't know if they ever spent time on social skills <laughs> just saying it's good to work on your social skills on your social studies Ooh, so the Foo Fighters Um, th- th- there was a story that I started out with and then we went down the Taylor Hawkins route but uh, oh yeah I feel like this I feel similarly to Dave Roll I feel like I've been in so many outfits I was just talking about this earlier this will be the this will be the through line of today this will be the theme of today's show it's like stick to it stick to your vision because you never know no one else will see your vision other than you so you gotta do it (laughs) you can't make someone else like something you can't make someone else want to do the same thing as you you can't make someone else like you you just gotta be you and do you see what I'm saying speaking of Valentine's Day if you didn't have a partner do you you do you but I I, you know I've been in so many situations where I've been in bands and other people left and then it's just like it kind of falls apart and you're just like listen you know even relationships the people they leave and you go alright well back to the drawing board (laughs) but it really shouldn't be about that it should be about you establishing your own thing this is what I do anyway Maybe, maybe you have a, I don't know. It's really difficult. You never know. It's a double-edged sword. Maybe you have people that, uh, in your life, that will stick around and show solidarity. And show and be uh, loyal and all that stuff, all that fun stuff. or Or at least value those things as well. But, you know, sometimes people, they got their own thing going on. They gotta, they gotta leave. And you just say to yourself, uh well that's what I said to myself I said you gotta just do whatever you need to do and that's why I have this show because this is my daily creative connection with y'all out there I wanna I wanna connect I wanna reach out through the screen do former foods count yes I'm Uncle Rod I know that you talked to Max Goldberg the drummer of the Foo Fighters and uh, the original Foo Fighters drummer. M- M- Max, M- M- Michael, Michael Steen, Steenberg. Oh, I don't. I don't remember his name. Stick to it. Don't. What was that? Stick to it. Don't limit yourself to anyone else's imagination. Follow your heart. Follow your vision. All right. Good night, everybody. <sighs> enough is enough. I have had it.
1: With these monkey fighting snakes
0: on this Monday to Friday play. Yeah so those are the platitudes for doing it William Goldsmith that's what I said. I said uh, I just sounded like Max Goldberg um bring up bring a coffee. It's cuddle weather here in Los Angeles. it was like 54 degrees today. That's too cold to do anything. I didn't do much today. I just, I actually went back to sleep. I got up, did a, a did therapy, and then I went back to sleep. You know, I'm on a journey right now in therapy. Not like the kind of journey with Steve Perry, though. No one wants to be on that journey. Unless you're, uh, Sherry. Um, hold on, though. Hold on. I hope that the audience has enjoyed these uh, random references. I know, Ron, you you like those random references. You're picking them up as they drop them down. Uh, the, I just say, you know, if you're on a journey, you gotta... It's an interesting journey I'm on. Sherry didn't want to go... <laughs> Imagine her name was... Didn't they get married and her name was Sherry Perry? Studio 8-H. I'm just saying We should use Dave Grohl Welcome Studio 8H As an inspiration He could have just given up He could have just been Chris Novoselic <laughs> But he didn't Because he's got talent uh, Sorry, Christopher Novoselic Sorry, Christopher Selich, you got attitude and attitude and personality goes a long way. I love to oh, those old interviews of Nirvana because Christopher Selich was hilarious. So hilarious. Just didn't care. Loved the attitude. Dave Grohl just seemed like he was in a weird way, he kind of had a Ringo attitude. Or maybe a George Harrison attitude in a, in an interesting way. In the sense that like he's like, I just want to rock and roll. I just always want to rock and roll, and let me just please be here to rock and roll. Rock and roll, as I say. I remember watching some of those interviews, and, and Dave Grohl was definitely like, "I just am happy to be here, but I'm going to be mad and angry about it because the other two guys are mad and angry." And let's because Dave Grohl turned out to be a very cheer, cheerful dude. <laughs> if you look at a lot of those earlier interviews of Dave Grohl, he was just all like, "I'm a punk kid, and I don't care, and I'm going to knock things over." But I think he was there more for the rock and roll because I think he's. Since then, we've seen that Dave Grohl is more of a guy who will. Be nice and cool and fun and and cheerful. He's one of those guys. He's the godfather of rock right now. They got a movie coming out. I'm looking forward to it. It's like a horror movie and a rock and roll movie. Which I, I don't know. It's got Kerry King, the guitar player from Slayer. That's a fun title to have. I used to be Aristotle Dreher, the superstar bass player. But I was never Kerry King, the guitar player for Slayer. Not once. But I should play... Bass... For Slayer. Because then I could be like... Aristotle or superstar bass player for Slayer. Uh, But what's his name is a much better bass player than me. Dasinga. They shot the music video... That he basically forced her to be in. That she broke up with him... Right after that. Wow. Yeah, he seems to be, like, really coming on strong in that video. Hey, what's up, Thomas Cavanafelli? Let me tell you a rock and roll story about Thomas Cavanafelli. This guy's a stand-up dude. He put us up. He hung out with us. Cage Nine. We was rocking out. We got pictures to prove it. We had a fun time. Us and the Samus Theory played his club. And we had a great time. Man, oh, man, there was lots of fun to be had that night. You remember that night you might be the only one who does remember that night in fact <laughs> speaking of rock and roll stories rock and roll stories um, yeah Tom's nice to see you thanks for stopping in just talking about some rock and roll I don't know if you guys seen the Foo Fighters live but they're a fun time no matter what you think about their music they're a fun rock and time they keep turning out music I would say that Everlong is as good if not better than any Nirvana song. However, and Best of You is a pretty good song. I never understood the song Best of You until I heard it like the 9,000th time. Because I heard it on the radio every day for like a year. And I was like, Say the best! The best! I was like, oh, guys, you just screaming a lot, huh? Seems to be screaming a lot. And then I saw them play that live. They closed the concert with it because you can't really follow it. Uh... And I just had this catharsis. I was like, oh my god, this song is incredible. Just a great song. Then my band went on to cover that song, actually. We used to cover it. But if you've ever seen the Foo Fighters Live, they're they're a good time. I actually just bought tickets for their concert about two weeks ago. I just, on a whim, I said, well, they're playing. I think they're playing at SoFi Stadium, probably. That's where the uh, Super Bowl was the other day you're so curious to you is Stern the best interview in the business to me yes to me yes he's better than Barbara Walters for sure (laughs) no I don't know I think it's Barbara Walters was pretty good actually (laughs) Barbara Walters was always like she'd always be like come here come here let me just ask you a question let me just ask you a question. And like cut your throat. <laughs> just come in here. I'm Barbara Walters. <clears throat> Should get them, right? Should get them right in the cockles. She'd kick them right in the cockles. It was kind of impressive, Barbara Walters. But Howard Stern has a has a way about him that he could definitely get really interesting information out of people. And I like the way he talks about he was talking to Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins today from the Foo Fighters and he was really getting a lot of interesting nuggets out of them about their process and their friendship and just stuff that, it's like genuine questions if you're genuinely curious about something it's fascinating, you know, if you're fascinated by other people if you're interested in how they think and how they work that's the best thing to be, and I think Howard Stern genuinely is. I think he's just so curious, although he's very fixated and focused on certain parts. Um, very thin. You know, for a while there, I'm Uncle Ron, for, and when I say a while, I mean for about 20 years, Howard Stern was very obsessed with people's bathroom habits, <laughs> which is, I mean, it's, it's you never think of that. Although I often think about, you know, the Queen has is probably sitting on the toilet right now. You know, nobody ever thought of that. Queen Elizabeth on the toilet, on the toilet. Queen Elizabeth has to, you know, she's not special. She's got to poop. But my question is, does she have a, a royal wiper? That's a that's a legitimate question. I want to know. She had a piper. The queen, up until about 10 years ago, actually had a royal piper who would come and play the, pi- the pipes at around 5 or 6 in the morning to wake her up. This was a p- official job that this person did for life. For the last 400 years, there has been an official royal piper. But what my question is, does she have a royal wiper? That's my question. The queen is sitting on her throne, for sure. But I gotta say, Howard Stern probably is the best interviewer in the business, because uh, he's he asks questions no one else does. And one of my favorite things about... If you ever saw the show Comedy Bang Bang, it's, it's such an incredible show. So funny. Scott Aukerman, or, or Slop, Slot Stalkerman, whatever you want to call him. Scott Aukerman, the host, is a, an incredibly funny dude. He would... Every single time he would get a celebrity guest on the couch, it was just a complete... It was... Lest anyone think that it was a serious show. It was farcical. It was a farcical show. Lest anyone think. Scott Ackerman would have... And by the time he got to the first question, because usually a bunch of hijinks went down between him and Reggie Watts and the guest, and the guest is usually in character. But then the first question and the only question Scott Ackerman ever asked was, So... My question to you is, how do you balance work and family? <laughs> Every single episode. Hilarious. Every time, it got me. How do you balance work and family? That's a dumb question that everybody asks. You know, when... when uh, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, I went to Sundance Film Festival. I I was fortunate enough to be there for a movie that I worked on very passionately about. It was a movie called L.I.E. It was the first movie I ever worked on. It stars Paul Dano, who also was uh, with us. I went with Paul Dano. I guess you want to say Paul Dano. I went with him, and he was in our group, and Billy Kay was in our group. And we would go to see the L.I.E. every time it was on. At, uh, playing, at the, it was playing at the library at uh, Sundance Film Festival and a couple of the days Paul had to go to do press he had to do the press junkets and I remember after 14 hours he came back and he was just completely exhausted and I'm like what's up Paul he's like oh, I see you go to bed I see you go to bed <laughs> the entire day he just answered the same questions over and over again for 14 hours in like press panels and that's what happens a lot of actors when and you know when you're promoting the movie that's part of your contract you have to promote the movie as part of your contract As being in the movie they say well you've got to do like 10 weeks of promotion or something like something ridiculous it's just and a lot of the actors don't like it i don't think that daniel day lewis ever does i think he just does the movie and it's just you hire him and he does the movie although daniel day lewis does beat paul dano to death with a bowling pin spoiler alert when I saw that scene in There Will Be Blood, I was I, w- I was traumatized because I know Paul. <laughs> he got beat down with a bowling pin. I said, like, oh, sorry, Paul, he got slapped in the face. I drink your milkshake. But I don't think, you know, the, the press junkets, they ask the same questions over and over again. How do you balance work and family? And that's the most boring and dumb question. And Howard Stern asks more interesting questions than that. So to answer your question, yes. proper modulation. Uh, I'm Uncle Ron. I hope we develop our own riffs for this show because I could go on with all of the Howard Stern riffs all day on this show. But I, I, I appreciate... Uh, hey, now, I appreciate the Howard Stern love. Um, well, we got our own. Like, go with the fro. And, hey, I don't know. We're we're building small. We're starting small. (laughs) What are some of the catchphrases? Let's come up with catchphrases right now. You and me. How about this one? Uh Ooh, this coffee's hot. How about like this? Uh we got a catchphrase for me, Ron? Hey now. Oh wrong one. Wrong one. Wrong show. Uh, I think that's um, another Discord. Well, if that's not the pot calling the slimy, slippery, slimy. What is, What does he say, Cad Bane? He repeats a line. If that's not the snake calling the slimy, slimy,
2: whatever. Uh, he does something weird and westerny.
0: Yeah. Um, you you of Richard. I, I remind you of Richard Grieco. What? Because thank no, you. Yes. Wait, what? Yes, I, yes, you do. Actually, you're on 24- <laughs> <laughs> twenty-four. Yeah. A uh you're you're choppy. What's uh what did
2: you say? What's going on? This is weird. I've been having issues. I'm going to hop out cuz I've been hearing a lot of the, of that. So. I'll, you were clear, uh, yeah. You're clear now. Um, oh, I'm okay.
0: All right. Yeah. You're in the clear.
2: What uh, in the clear? Uh, I,
0: yes. Uh Richard Pryor, thank you. I like Richard Pryor. He's fantastic.
2: <laughs> no, can Bain remind like seems like like um uh Richard Brake, the actor who uh, played um who did he play? He, oh, he was the Night uh, King for a while on Game of Ooh. Thrones. He was also That's one right. of the people in Mandalorian that was on that Imperial sh- uh, ship or whatever that was asking them mm-hmm. for. Yeah, so he uh, he has like the same facial structure as Cad Bane. So I'm wondering if that was an inspiration or well, Blue, if no
0: nose. Here, yeah, if G- <laughs> yeah, exactly. If Judy was here, she'd be like, "No,
2: you're wrong."
0: Judy is the authority, and probably the the only authority so far on the show of the all of the animated series, because she uh, has seen them all. I remember she was actually watching them all about it six months, uh, maybe last year. No, you know what? might have been a year and a half ago during lockdown. She's like, you know what? We're all sitting down, we're watching, we're going, we're watching all the animated series. And then she was starting to tell me about it, and she was very adamant about, Hey, there she is. Speak of the devil, and the Ju- and Judy appeared Hey, Jude. Speak of the devil, and the just, Judy shall appear.
1: I had, I Judy. just had to hop in because Ron, you know, he's he's like, well, if Judy was here,
0: yes. So Judy, educate us on Cad Bane.
1: <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't. I really don't know anything. Um, I just had to hop on and say hi. Um,
0: hi, Judy. Happy I don't birthday! Have the background again.
1: information on Cad Bane.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, here's here's a happy birthday to Judy because her birthday was happy yesterday. Happy
2: birthday! <laughs> <laughs>
0: But the animated series, we should we should dedicate time to that, you think? We should watch that? At some
1: point. I mean, I just feel like there's so much good stuff in it. I feel like you'd enjoy yeah. it. You know? You, yeah. You're so, I mean, all right. There's some crappy stuff in it, too, because not only is there Jumping Yoda, there's also uh, some, um, oh, what's immediate his name?
2: Hang on, hang on, Rob. <laughs> no,
1: what's? Go- well, I get it. No, I I understand why why you're not into that. Um, but there there there's definitely some Jar Jar too. So.
0: Oh uh, no! You know Jar Jar's the key to all this. Um, uh, okay.
2: Well, I have to switch out my microphone because I have to go do a show. So I not my show. I'm I'm guesting, and I'm we're talking about nice. True Romance for three hours. So, oh, that's a good uh, movie. I I think my microphone yeah, might cool. be going because my headphones are fine, but. Yeah, so I gotta see if that helps at all. So I will talk to you all later. And yes, well, most impressive. (laughs) So I will uh, talk to you all later. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye, -bye, Ron. Judy, how are you today? So I was talking about the Foo Fighters. You've seen the Foo Fighters live many Uh, times.
1: You know, once or twice, or you know, five times, something like
0: that. (laughs) How many times? Because I think we saw them a few times. We saw them.
1: We we saw like at least three times. I feel like we've seen them.
0: And we saw them at the dysfunctional family picnic two, I think it was. <laughs> I think it oh was my dysfunctional. Gosh. See, we we saw it well, was like but sneaky. But that was the
1: first. But that was the first time we saw them with um, Pat Schmier playing, because I remember you yes. being like, "That's Pat Schmier."
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was excited. That yes. That's the fun thing. When we saw them, it was really cool because. They had, I think it was just the second album. I think it was just Monkey Ranch and Everlong. I mean, just, those were really good songs. And that might've been right. right before the third album, I guess. It, what was it? In Your Honor was the third album, I think. I don't remember. But yeah, what I was most impressed with that day was the energy level that Dave Grohl and the band had. Dave Grohl's screaming. I'm, yeah. How was he able to scream like that?
1: I don't know, but he's still doing it. It's the He's same still energy weird. level. Like, it's I insane. I just saw him, like, I don't know, four months ago, five months ago. Amazing. And I am going to see him in the summer. I have tickets already
0: for July. Yeah, me too. I got tickets the other day.
1: So. Um, I just... I mean... I, I, I can't describe how I feel when I'm at a Foo Fighters concert. There's just something about the energy that they bring and the songs the way they hit you it's just like yeah. ooh
0: <laughs> i feel like they are one of the last bastions of just pure rock on the, on the level and it's a, it's a very deliberate no matter what any opinion anyone has on the foo fighters music i just don't think you can deny their level of rockitude and it's not they're not i feel like some people would be like oh that's like dad rock that's pedestrian rock it's like it's not really it's it's actually a step above we're not talking nickelback here we're not talking Creed <laughs> you know we're not talking to all those but, bands we're talking well, to them, you know legitimately They're, they're um,
1: pretty great musicians I you know
0: yeah yeah they're pretty they're pretty great and they did they, they got that whole like jeans and plaid shirt thing going on for the last 10 years or so I think that maybe they, I think Pat Spear is like really like moving off to his own little like like Dapper Dan older guy kind of like look because he's 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 the elder statesman of the group because he was in the band the germs 10 years before nirvana was even thought about so it's interesting that you know when dave Grohl put together some musicians to play his music that he just recorded in a basement he said i want the guy from the germs who is filled with joy and is extraordinarily fun to watch and i I say that because i watched the foo fighters vr concert on oculus quest the other night because uh you sent me the link to the Facebook. yeah. And I remember. So they did. They streamed it live to Facebook.
1: yeah. And Facebook, obviously. They,
0: and they own Oculus. So, they, of course, it was in VR as well. And that's how I watched it with my headphones on the other day. I was like, I'll just check out a song or two. You know how that goes with, with a band <laughs> that's really good?
1: And 45 minutes later.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's what happens when a band is able to, to hold your you're a rapt attention. So I was really, I was into it. The song selections, you know, they were varied. It was like three or four like songs that you definitely needed to hear. But then there was a lot, there was like some noticeable omissions from that concert. But
2: you Mm -hmm. know, what do you
0: do? I think they were trying, they were reading the room. They were checking the vibe. They were seeing what felt right. Um, Yeah. But they rocked out. They played one by one. And they just rocked the F. I liked the arrangement of one by one live because you've got that um, that second time this part, the part comes. And then it comes back as a... Uh, But then when it comes back, Taylor Hawkins was like playing some drums on that and to keep it keep the pulse up to keep the pep up and I, I thought that was pretty cool little arrangement but I think overall though I, my main reason why I want to talk about the Foo Fighters is because of the perseverance level the stick to <laughs> of Dave Grohl and the commitment the commitment <clears throat> to oneself I think that that's important well he he
1: knew he had to make it happen for himself right like he couldn't couldn't rely on anyone else
0: yeah and it's nice to have people to rely on it's nice to have people to lean on like judy i've 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 definitely leaned on you and relied on you for I don't know most of the time most of the time of uh, being alive but uh, and I appreciate that but, and there's people in oh, life you know. that you don't know, thank you it's i'm grateful and i thank you for that well thanks uh so i I just think it's important to have those types of uh relationships in your life and and sometimes you know you got but you got to find this is what i'm learning this is the journey i'm going on i was talking about you gotta know how to also uh, be loyal to yourself (laughs) you know what i mean yeah 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 Like, you have to say, I would do this for someone else. Maybe I should cut myself a break and do that for myself instead of abandoning abandoning one's own self. I think that that's uh, that's an important lesson that I'm trying to learn. Fundamentally, it's very difficult for me to put those together. I just, it's almost like learning a new form of math for me (laughs) right now. (laughs) My therapist is like, it's not a problem to solve. You just have to believe it, okay? <laughs> like, okay. Um, he sure leaned on a producer to get William Goldsmith to quit the band. Ooh, yes. Uncle Ron does an interview with William Goldsmith and he found out some of the dirt of the original Foo Fighters touring drummer, William Goldsmith. Unfortunately, have, being the drummer for the Foo Fighters is a high-pressure job because Dave Grohl... Is one of the greatest rock drummers ever, and I say Dave Grohl is one of the greatest rock drummers ever because of the fact that he is. Because, and I'm not, and I, I'm saying this from a whole new perspective because I've been learning the drums this last year and a half or year and four months or whatever. I've been learning how to play the drums, and what I do is I go, well, Dave Grohl's a drummer. Let me listen to his stuff. Amazing. Just it's the choices that he makes, it's the beats that he creates that are very memorable. And that is the je ne sais quoi, which is French for I don't know what, but like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the it's, it's the thing it's the thing that he bring to the to the role, you know, and I am impressed with learning more about the drums and learning more about how incredible Dave Roll is at playing the drums and also writing the drums. So the high pressure job of being the drummer in the Foo Fighters is, you know, Taylor Hawkins talks about that all the time and kind of uh, jokes about that he said taylor hawkins specifically says that axel rose came up to him once and was like what's it like playing drums for the greatest rock drummer of the 90s <laughs> 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 because you know Ax- axel rose and his tact um ron you you did talk to william goldsmith yeah and
2: uh, this didn't make the episode but i still have the, the audio and the footage um and since i'm saying it it kind of comes off as hearsay so i think it's okay um essentially this the the person who was the producer for the color and the shape made him do I think at one point ninety takes of a song. Oof. Whoa. Oof. And you as a musician, you know I mean even doing ninety takes of a bass track yeah. for a song is ridiculous. Imagine doing drums. Yeah. You know, and, and so he had to do that, and then at one point Dave was like, "Okay, we got it," and the producer was like, "No, we don't." You know, he didn't Ooh. do that to anybody else in the band. Didn't do it to Pat. Didn't do it to Nate. Just did it to William. And I think subconsciously Dave wanted to maintain a stranglehold on the drums, and he may not have yeah. said it. You know, uh, and I'm not saying that he's not the greatest rock drummer in the past 20 years. You know, because he is. Um, but it's it's. And apparently he would go off and write by himself, which is something Kurt would do. Mm. Yeah. So they he still, like... Yeah, and then not only that, but, like, there's... He, uh, I, there, if you listen to some, a, a cassette that William has, it's either for My Hero or for Monkey Wrench. But if you listen to the oh. cassette he has with his drums on it, and then you listen to what's on the record that Dave played, it's
0: exactly the same. I mean, I'm sure there' well, here's the thing, uh, the song in bloom uh with those famous flams hey, those drums were written by um can Chad Channing, that is a very Chad Channing song. There's actually even a music video with the three. There were three original members of Nirvana, and you can hear the difference because it's Chad Channing. But Dave Grohl specifically just copied the exact beat of the guy before him because he wanted to say, "Look, those are catchy drums." Even on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction of the Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl, or Nirvana, Dave Grohl said, "Hey guys, everybody, that song that they're playing right now, those drums are Chad Channing's beat. That's his beat." <laughs> So. Right, right, right. But I mean, I think it's just, you know,
2: everybody, and I'm not saying that he's not, but in this instance, Dave, I don't think Dave was the nicest guy. Maybe he became the nicest guy, but right at this, during that album, you know, and not only that, but um, by the time William quit, they hadn't even written, or Dave hadn't even written ever long.
0: Well, he wrote it during the recording process. That's a well. Sometimes that happens, you know. Yeah. Behind Blue Eyes was written during the recording process for the Who, and that's a very famous. Song. I, I ah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> he also plays first. They and second. The uh, the the downside <laughs> to Dave Grohl I will like to get to, but Judy, you had something to say?
1: No, I was just laughing.
0: Uh, speaking of stranglehold, uh, Dave Grohl does have a stranglehold on that band.
1: Baby,
0: yeah, Judy.
1: No, I guess I was just gonna say like, no one person is perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, and I'm, I'm yeah, not saying that he sure is. He's not like. I'm sure he's not just like the sweetest pie. You know what like? He yeah. has a goal. I'm sure. So I'm sure he gets stressed and
0: Grohl's got a you goal. Know,
1: Right, but I, yeah, so that's a
0: thing that's the downside, I think this let's let's all take a step back from Dave Grohl because he seems like to be publicly and outwardly um you know, we all know Tom Hanks has a guy, I don't want to say <laughs> where I heard that from, but Tom Hanks has a guy, Tom Hanks is America's oh, sweetheart, everybody loves Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is like, there. everybody's like, hey, Tom Hanks, do you want to wear this? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then he leaves. And then the guy comes over and says, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so Tom Hanks can say yes to everything because he's got a no man. A yes man, no man. Um, and good cop, bad cop. I've, good cop, <laughs> bad cop. And you've got so Tom Hanks he personally will never be thought of as bad because he's got a guy who will tell you the no Tom Hanks never has to say no and Dave Grohl I think because of his image he maintains that image for sure it, 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 there's the good with the bad you get to that level of popularity and fame you and the, productivity you, of life. You, get, you know you take the good you take the bad you take them both in, and then you have the Foo Fighters So (laughs) I'm just saying that it takes it takes two. Now, it takes a lot of gumption and and, you know, a maniacal attitude to get to the level of Dave Grohl's popularity and say, like, Ellen. Ellen was America's sweetheart. Everybody loves Ellen from the daytime talk shows. And uh, suddenly it came out that she's just this maniacal person who wants to maintain her status and maintain her power and her grip on TV. And that is how. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I say that about Dave Grohl. Listen, he, he he does amazing good things for his band. For instance, he lives on a compound in Encino, apparently, and puts the entire band members, everybody up. He puts them up. They're families, and the recording studio is on the premises. So in Dave Grohl's basement, he's got a recording studio, and the entire band, when they're recording an album, lives there. He makes it so accommodating for everybody, because I think he just... At studio really... 606. At studio 666. That's that's coming out uh, in, a, in a month. I'm actually... Don't get 40. me... No, actually, it's coming out on
2: the 15th. Or the 25th, I mean. The 25th. So it's coming out in oh, yeah. this... 10 days.
0: Oh, okay, cool. I'm excited for that. It looks so dumb. I have my own reservations, but that's not about the movie. I just don't think it's... I'm not expecting it to be a good movie. I just want to see a movie that's in the spirit of help and and, uh, and Hard Day's Night. And, you you know, heard Howard, are- though, and he's like, are you sure this is a good idea? Were you sure? I mean, who... And
2: then, like, who told you not to do this? Oh, our management. Well, you know, I don't I, don't know. I, I
0: forget what it was about, but yeah. I just think it's a fun idea that the band is doing something silly like this, because th- this used to be, it, it used to be very common for a band to make a movie and be in the movie. Frank Zappa <laughs> used to be in several movies that are dopey, um, but, and feature the music, but you know, Dave Grohl, I, I've seen, having been in the studio, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, since I've been in the studio, but I've watched the dynamic. I understand some of the, the, Dynamics. If you've been somewhere before and then you see it on screen, you start to you can recognize certain nuances that maybe someone who hasn't been there before doesn't necessarily see. I'm not going to sit here and say I know more better than anybody else, but there's certain dynamics in a having spent a decade plus in a rehearsal room with other band members and in the studio with producers and and engineers and band members spending that time you start you know there's like a there's a there's a parlance there's a way about it there's a vibe you know there's a love to be the word <laughs> there's a definite uh air there's something in the air that like when you see it on screen you're like oh i oh i've been there before i i know so when i saw some of the Dave bro i was a documentary out a few years ago i think it was um i forget what it was but I could tell that there's so much deference, good or bad, for better or for worse, for Dave Grohl, because he's the he's the boss. And there make okay, no mistake on, about I'll it. I'll talk to you guys later. Alright, peace out. Uh I... they make make no mistake about it. Dave Grohl is the boss. Everybody's <clears throat> paycheck. Is you know, so there's no protest. There's no anything. Even just recently, Dave Grohl said Uh, Yeah, it's like, now I record parts and then I leave the room and allow the other band members to record their parts until I come back. And then I go, oh, cool. And then probably re-records everything. But (laughs) the thing is, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying? There's like that Gestapo effect. I don't know. there's There's this overbearingness that can happen. There's a tight grip that he keeps on everything because I think... For better or for worse, for the the last 30 years, he does not want to have history repeat itself in any way. He wants to have complete and utter control over the situation. And it does come off as, you know, the happy-go-lucky band and they're silly and they're having fun. But it's kind of ironic that the premise of the movie it's not ironic, it's it's probably accurate. The premise of the movie Studio 666 is that Dave Grohl wants to kill all the band members and go solo.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: I don't Seems think to he tries sense. to
1: hide. You know, I don't think he tries to hide the fact that he, like, it's his way. You know.
0: Yeah, his way or the highway, for sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he hides it, but that's a, that's a specific instance of a band where it is Dave Grohl. Yeah. And the other and the other guys show up to work, and hey, man, it's not. It's, it, I say, hey, man, not to you, Judy, but I just say, uh, in general, (laughs) I'm saying, you know, that's not a bad gig. But it's not a very creative one, necessarily. What were you going to say?
1: Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, and I'm sure this is also manufactured, but I feel like he at least tries to make it, like, no, I won't say that. What I'm going to say is this, is that I feel like he does at least... Appreciate his band members. You know what I'm saying? Like he appreciates yes. them. He he understands like their abilities. You know, I don't know. But he also totally. just for his for his well being, he needs to maintain a certain level of uh, control. yes, just,
0: control. That's just that's what definitely that's they've right signed to, on to. Yes, exactly. I think. He, I, a good way also to think about it is he is the strict and caring parent which is Mm. technically the best parenting style out of the four parenting styles do you know about that sort of psychology or like the parenting styles there's
1: don't but i do know that kids tend to thrive under like structure um structure yes kids who have structure tend to
0: strive more. Um, Yeah, this ain't Mumford and Sons, though. (laughs) Yeah, It's not Mumford. (laughs) How rude for Mumford to name his bandmates and sons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I... I I agree that kids can definitely thrive in that environment, generally speaking, because there's like the four parenting styles. There's strict and caring which is the most beneficial generally speaking there's um permissive and and caring which is i'm not gonna say that i was raised that way (laughs) but it's it's also (laughs) but as long as there's care there but there's permissiveness which is like sort of a lack of structure um then there's the two worst parenting styles, which are, uh, per- uh, strict and uncaring.
1: Mm, yeah. Which, no good. Um,
0: which, let's say, boy schools, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'd say that, like, they're, you know, you could picture that type of parent. Strict and uncaring, which is, um, basically the dad in, remember the dad in, uh, Dead Poet Society whose son killed himself?
1: Yes. Spoiler alert.
0: He seemed like a strict and uncaring parent. Um but then there's I think the worst is permissive, permissive and uncaring. And uncaring. Mm. Yeah. So you got a, all the combinations. Uh so permissive and uncaring is just you raising yourself with nobody t- right, like to care for you. Right. not
1: paying attention to you at all.
0: Yeah, no structure, no love. And that's the worst. Uh um, yeah, but generally, if you're strict and carry, you know, you, you, that's 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 the way to go. <laughs> Structure and love uh. for kids, anyway. Um, that's that's what that's those are the theories. These are all different ways to explain the same thing. People, um, people tend to have astrology. They have all these engrams and all these different types of things and. The latest one I'm doing, I'm under, because there's MBTI, which is like different dimensions of personality, but there's the ocean. Do you know about ocean? No. Openness, um, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. So, Uh. ocean. That's the easiest way to remember it. Um, So, for instance, I would be... I'm, I think I'm pretty open. So I have like a high level of openness. Uh, conscientiousness. I think it's probably very high because I work out every single day and I do the show every single day. And I'm like very... Like, uh, if you ask me to be there, I'll be there. That's the kind of thing. So I have a high level of conscientiousness. Let's see. I, I'm, I'm just evaluating myself because I don't want to evaluate. I could probably evaluate... I don't know. I can't really evaluate people that I don't know or... Through the TV or whatever. This is just like a rule of thumb to think about sometimes for me. Um, agreeableness. I feel pretty agreeable. Though I can disagree at some times. But you know, there's people that are just like, no, I don't right. like that. <laughs> you know? Right. As far as like openness, there are people who are just like, not open you know, conscientiousness, people that just lack conscientiousness, they don't, they're like, I don't know, maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. Um, then there's, yeah, the agree- agreeableness, there's people who are just like, I don't wanna. That was stupid. I ran into someone that, like that recently, like, it, no matter what you said, they would just come at you with like, some kind of no. <laughs> you're just like, okay, <laughs> you're not. We're not very agreeable here. You can disagree in an agreeable way. You know what I mean? Right. You're like I understand what you're saying. I get that, well, and I and I we, yeah. we
1: we did just recently disagree.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, about Chris Hemsworth. I like Chris Hemsworth. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to mention the, the movie we're talking about because I feel like that that will <laughs> that will get this this video a million thumbs down just on on its face.
1: Right. Yeah. No, you don't have to, but. Just just in case people ever thought that we never disagreed on things. We disagree oh, on yeah. things.
0: We had a fierce disagreement about Chris Hemsworth's. <laughs> and Liam Hemsworthless. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Liam Hemsworthless. Oh, yeah, I was I think that's uh, the joke I was going to say. Like, Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth, and then their brother, Johnny Hemsworthless. I think his name is. Oh. I don't know. No, I kid. I kid. They're all. Everybody is uh, worthy of love Uh, apparently this is what they tell me this is what my therapist tells me and I I find it hard to believe (laughs) but well because
1: she's trying to tell you oh right you are worthy of love Ari
0: I gotta do a backflip first and have the audience cheer (laughs) listen let me tell a funny joke Ah, uh, I feel valuable
1: there now. Now you're worthy. There you go.
0: Exactly. Gotta earn it. <laughs> it's a math <laughs> equation. Uh, so agreeableness, I agree. And uh, what do we got next? Conscientiousness. We said openness, conscientiousness. E, oh, extroversion. I th- mm. I'd say I'm like, I'm right over the middle line of extroversion. I'm, I'm, I'm not super introverted, because I like to talk to people. I like to engage with people. I like to be around people. It energizes me <laughs> to have discussions and have fun with a group of people. Um, but there's also times where I can be, uh, you know, I just want to be alone. But I think that's true for most everybody, but I think more so for some people than others. But extroversion, it's, pre- it's, it's not super high, but it's it's over the line. And then neuroticism. I think I'm pretty neurotic, a little bit. I do obsess. What do you say there, Studio 8H? Will there be a test after this? Yes, Studio 8H. We need to know. Listen. No, I don't think so, (laughs) Studio 8H. I think that that's horrible. I disagree. And there will be no test because I'm not very conscientious. So I won't grade it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to not be those things, but yeah. What do you think about that?
1: Um, I think that those are all cool things for you—not you, but like for people to yeah. know about themselves. Yeah. Um, I'm just really like, I can't figure out when someone's like, "Oh, I'm a this." and this is how i work it's like i that just doesn't work for me like i can't yeah. look at someone and be like oh you're an enft or whatever and like i'm supposed right. to know what that's yeah i, I just all of those well, things that's... don't work they don't connect in my brain to figure out how i'm supposed to work with another person you know what i'm saying like i yeah. for me yeah. it's it's good like internal reflection all of those personality things but it doesn't help connect like i can't connect them externally right that's just me that's that my brain doesn't cannot connect those things
0: but here's the thing i think because i'm so conscientious and agreeable and extroverted i take note of those things especially recently so that i know how to connect with people Mm. (laughs) like like i literally go oh this is how they see the world okay let me talk to them in that way because then they can relate and that's what i want i want to (laughs) connect So it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting way for me to reframe and empathize with people and be like, oh, that you know they're disagreeing, but that's just their way, and it kind of helps me go, all right, well, you know, you're being disagreeable, so because that's just their temperament, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't have to try to I don't have to try to argue with them about it because it's just part of their personality to be like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Right, no, I think it's awesome that you are able to reframe in that way. Yeah,
0: it, yeah, it, it helps. It, Ocean talks make me want to listen to Ocean Size by Jane's Addiction. Oh, that's a good songs. Yeah, Ocean Size. Ocean Size is another is the name of a band too. Also, too also. Ocean Size. I think they're from. Where are they from?
1: I do not know that band. <clears throat>
0: Isn't that weird? The first thing I think about. When I think about a band is where they're from, probably (laughs) because of touring, actually. I'm like, Mm. oh, yeah, the band Sleep, they're from Youngstown, Ohio. (laughs) You know, Uh, Dave Grohl is from Virginia. Uh, Where is he from? He's from outside of D.C.
1: I was going to say D.C., right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is a fun game. Let's guess where the band is from. (laughs) Nirvana, Seattle. Uh, Soundgarden, Seattle. Uh, Progem, Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Three for Um, three.
1: Nice job.
0: (laughs) See that? See that? What's a band? What's another band? What's another band? I don't know where Journey is from. Probably LA. I feel like. No, they feel like a Chicago band. Mm. (laughs) Let me see. Where's Journey from? Remember Chicago, the band. I wonder I where they from. I was just gonna
1: say, where's Chicago from? <laughs> I, I bet they're not from Chicago.
0: Oh, Journey is from San Francisco. Interesting. Pixies, the Pixies. Oh, let's see. We got Frank Black, who's that's not his real name, and you've got Kim Deal. What's the deal, Kim Deal? Why can't you and Frank Black ever get along? It's been, what, 40 years? Come on. Get along. Just go on a tour. Play some music together. Stop with your weird personal grudges. Says the guy with the personal grudge against his old bandmate. Um, <laughs> Journey, San friend maybe. Says Studio H. It's, it's it's confirmed. They are from San Francisco. Oh. Uh, where, uh, did you know that Rice and Roni is the San Francisco treat?
1: <laughs> Where's your favorite <laughs> ska band from?
0: Long Beach, being, California.
1: Happy
0: sublime. Long Beach, California. Everybody knows it. the LBC. Come on now. It's in the it's in the lyrics. It is. Oh, Pixies.
2: <laughs> Let's see. I'm looking this
0: up. I'm cheating. Uh Studio 8H. Let's see. Cuz I actually I actually want to know where they're from. Pixies are American, formed in Boston. Bands are from Boston like Aerosmith? <laughs> like Boston? <laughs> I didn't know that. Ah, uh, pixies are they Yeah, studio eight H. Keep them coming. Let's see how. Let's see how well I can prove this hunch that I have. Hmm. I'm trying to think of bands. There's no bands anymore. Nickelback is from what Canada. I just think of Canada as one big place. And that's it. Were they from Toronto? I think they're from Toronto. Hmm. I'm looking at a picture of Danzig here. I don't know where Danzig is from. Probably. Uh, that dude. If you ever see that video of Danzig getting knocked out? It's pretty great, because Danzig is know. about three feet. Danzig is about three and a half feet, and I say that only because uh he's like he works out to try to look bigger, you know. And every so the image of him is is bigger than you would think if you saw him in person. But there's like this very famous video of Danzig uh, like trying to pick a fight with a security guard. The security guard didn't know who he was, but Danzig's like, get out of my face! And the security guard punches him and Danzig goes to sleep. Um, He takes a little nap. (laughs) And it's very funny. Uh, Veda. That's a really good question, Veda. I mean, Veda. Studio 8H. Veda was from Long Island for a minute. Also from Brooklyn. Also from LA. Also from DC. So, who knows? (laughs) Also from Maryland. Also from... Yeah. So... I don't know. We were an LA band for a while. <clears throat> we're from Brooklyn. Let's say that. That's where we started. Um, where where would you say Veda is from?
1: I think mean, yeah. I think Brooklyn is fair because that's where you that's where you came together.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's where there. we. That's where that's we where were. You... Yes. We recorded our first stuff there, out of there and played, at, rehearsed out of there for two, three years.
1: I was going to say years, yeah.
0: That was like the whole beginnings of the band. So we had like releases and stuff. So we'll say Brooklyn. Um, Carol Gardens is where we rehearsed.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which the train trestle which is right next door to the rehearsal studio that we used to play at is in the movie. Goodfellas. Nice. We learned facts here. Let's see. What are some other bands? And then we'll, we'll wrap it up. What do you got going on later tonight? Well, you were Um, watching something.
1: Well, no, I finished watching that. I am going to hang some pictures. Cool. That's my big thing for the night.
0: <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Are they big pictures or small pictures?
1: Well, alright. So this is the silliness of it. I so well you already know. I created those Lego Beatles um portraits.
0: Yeah, that was cool.
1: Yeah. So I never actually hung them up, so I'm gonna actually hang them up tonight.
0: That's a fun project. Yeah. Are you gonna hang them up and because they are the is the let it be? Faces,
1: yeah. I'm gonna hang them up in the order of the picture. Yes,
0: cool. Um, are so it's like four different pictures, or is it like one giant? It's
1: four separate, yeah. It's four separate, um, portraits. Yeah, you
0: got to all get out the measuring tape, some pencils.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have my own little system. Yeah,
0: I like hanging uh, photos and pictures and stuff like that. You know what? You just inspired me, Judy.
1: Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I'm gonna start yeah, doing I'd some take... prints
1: oh, of cool. my own
0: work, of my own photos, and start hanging them up in the in the apartment. Oh, it, you totally know, should. You know what it is? I love Star Wars, but you know, <laughs> everything <laughs> hanging up in my bachelor apartment <laughs> shouldn't be Star Wars. I don't think anymore. I feel like I've <laughs> feel like I've advanced beyond that uh, to fine art. You know. Um, and it's not because I feel like I, I uh, should be doing that externally. I, it's just truly internally. I feel like... I love Star Wars. I just don't need it hanging up in my place anymore. I would like to feel surrounded by a little bit more art. That's I actually posted it today. I'm like, surround yourself with art. <laughs> you know, if you want. I don't know. You don't have to. <laughs> but, but that's cool about the Beatles. I do like the Beatles. And... I think because I like the Beatles and I like Star Wars, every birthday and every Christmas people just got me something that was Beatles and or Star Wars. And
1: Yes. Sure. So
0: now I have a surplus of Beatles and Star Wars stuff. But hey, I also like fine art. Just putting that out there.
1: You know, I like to have art from my friends. I have um, yes. I have a painting up that one of my friends did in college. It's, a, it's it's of Starry Night, like she did a, a Starry Night painting, and I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um, I have a photo collage that another friend did in coll- in uh, grad school. And uh, I That's have awesome. a drawing of, you know, this person named, from uh, Aristotle Dreyer. I don't know if you know. So who, mm-hmm. He's
0: a superstar bass player. We talked about him earlier.
1: Yes, yes. For Slayer. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, it's just Will. Uh, well, that's awesome. I I'm looking it right up at a giant uh, four by what is it three by three painting that my friend uh, Michael Dirksen, Michael K's Dirksen made MKD. And there's another painting nice. by Michael k Dirksen right there, and there's another painting by Michael k Dirksen in my in my my fridge <laughs> in my in my kitchen. But uh, it's just Will. Welcome to the show. Hello, you Hello. got the touch. It's
1: just
0: Will. You got the yeah uh, hey well it's been a long time since I rock and Dinner Dan Where does it go like a I forget I haven't played that since I was 12 but oh that's cool. I enjoy that's what I think is the thing. I think I will only do original art from now on you know, yeah i do that's a good that's a good uh it's a nice touch um i gotta go through all of the photos i've taken <laughs> ever <laughs> i do want to have that's a gallery a lot of
1: photos yes yeah, um, so you I should put a gallery show
0: i have some like photos that i'm proud of and it's a long i have to take Maybe ten to twenty thousand photos before I like one. Um on that <coughs> self-worth thing. Hey Ari and Judy, the throttlers coast to coast, show in full effect. Indeed. Indeed, <laughs> oh geez. Well. We were just talking about Dave Roll a little bit. We were talking about rock and roll. Rock and roll. We we're talking about all kinds of things today and just hanging out, having a good time. It's Tuesday. Featuring Judy judell 19. Oh, Will! Will, What am I doing? I don't have your trophy up here. What's going on? Oh
1: no! Yeah,
0: where is it? There we go. There you go, Will. (laughs) I just found it. That was under. It was around here somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this week we're gonna do trivia on Thursday at this time at four Pacific Standard Time. Guess what the theme is gonna be this year this Thursday? I don't know. underdogs we're gonna do underdogs not sure if I did it before but we're gonna do it again if we (laughs) we did it before so now think underdog characters in movies major underdogs Um, that'll be the theme looking forward to playing see if Will can defend his trophy and um, I might do some more photos tonight I might play some drums it is chilly here I might just lay down You know, I I don't know how to do that. I actually don't. I've been trying to... My therapist says I should. Therapist has been giving me a lot of advice lately. I think she's worked with me long enough to be like, okay, now here's what you do. (laughs) Which is... Which is helpful. She's like, just sit down and just don't do anything. And I was like, how do I... How do I just sit down and not do anything? If I'm not doing anything, I could be doing 12 things. (laughs) Um, I even think that about sleeping when I'm asleep I'm like I could be doing so much more than this right now just laying here where bands are from that's what we're talking Sly and the Family Stone song Sly and the Family I know that Sly from Sly and the Family Stone lives in LA and like he's homeless I think I think he's still out there too I think so oh man let me see. Is he from LA? The Family Stone. I don't know. Sly and the family song? Do you mean Sly Alone? American band from San Francisco, another one from San Francisco. Interesting. Why does San Francisco gotta be so prolific with rock bands and musicians? Maybe I should move to San Francisco. Put a flower in my hair. Are you going to San Francisco? You got, you know that song, right? Yes. You can put a flower in your hair. It's a great song. I always think of San Francisco and then the flower in the hair lyric every time. Um, on account of the hippie movement.
1: Yes, it was a big hippie thing.
0: The hippie thing. <laughs> you gonna see the Batman? <laughs>
1: I don't know. You don't know. I haven't seen so many, like, DC movies. I mean, I know this is a new one, but... Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. What are you... So what are you looking forward to about it, though?
0: Right now, just the vibe. Like, I don't know what the story is going to be. I don't know anything about it, but I just, like... I just want to kind of sit... As I, before I go, before we go, before we wrap up, I, there's something I learned a few years ago, because I, I, you know, it's just general things about filmmakers and the different types of filmmakers there are, which I found interesting, just sort of an interesting, again, another framework to work from to, or to think about when you're trying to create a style or whatever. There are some filmmakers... Who are very, you know, very much into like structure and dynamic and, and stuff like that. And then there are some filmmakers who are just into like creating a vibe and an experience and kind of sit a meditative, they're like meditative piece or just like sort of beautiful aesthetic and vibe and, and taking you to a world of wonder like Willy Wonka. I don't know. Not like that movie, <laughs> but there are movies that are just abstract and just pure aesthetic and it sort of makes you feel things. But maybe there isn't a very nailed-down narrative. It's just a vibe. I I don't think a movie at the scale of the Batman will do that. But it does look like it has a very specific aesthetic that I'm interested in experiencing. And that's all I know about it. It has that dark aesthetic, that dark feeling, the rainy, noir vibe. It's got the song Something in the Way by Nirvana and it's got and and Robert Pattinson is a good actor. It's unfortunate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know di- di- what? I di- haven't seen the yeah. trailer yet. So I think I need to watch the trailer and then I'll you know, probably yeah. want to see it more.
0: <laughs> you probably get pumped up. The the original trailer had the song Something in the Way and it was really dark. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah start with that one start with the trailer from like a year ago it was a teaser basically um, Okay. and it's just dark it's just something in the way yeah and he's just kind of like walking through this and he's walking through a crime scene and he's dressed in like basically looks like hockey pads he is wearing <laughs> hockey pads in fact and uh he you know he's like just something in the way. He's got the scowl and the cow. You got Robert Pattinson. Good actor. Unfortunately, he was in the Twilight movies, but we'll forgive him for that because he is good. He's good. And I think he's a he might be a really good Batman because he's got that bony face, you know? He's got that... Ugh, he looks yeah. like his face has been punched in a little bit. Mm. Um, I'm not... And look, I'm not making fun of the guy. He's a handsome dude, and the ladies and the guys, they all love him. So I'm not going to sit there and... T- <laughs> he's a good-looking man, I can see his face looks punched in. <laughs> I'm not punching down there, so to speak. Take a page from Long Island's own De La Soul, and just be. I am. I be from. Uh, yes, also the Dead and Metallica, both from San Francisco. Indeed, indeed. You know Lars, technically from what to Denmark. Taylor. Uh, Hokanin and the Superman of Superman, Lois, is often. Offered of the role of Edward Cullen in Twilight, which was portrayed by the current Batman, Robert Pattinson. Interesting. I didn't know that. Matt Reeves is good for setting Nolan-esque dark tone. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like, will this be Nolan-esque or will this be Reeves-esque? It's interesting. I don't know. And Patt- and Robert Pattinson, Pattinson I call him, did his best suave badass in a Nolan film last we saw him. Yeah, that's right. He was in that movie called uh, Tenet, which is very confusing. For me, oh, uh, I, was I never
1: saw it. It's a phenomenal. F-
0: Take a look at it. it it's a f- it's a phenomenal f- structure. It's a t- phenomenal feat in filmmaking. I don't know how enjoyable it is. <laughs> it's it's enjoyable while you watch it because you're like, wow, he really thought this out to a level. That is confusing for me. And (laughs) me and Ollie did a live watch party. So if you want to watch along with us, you can see that on the channel. You can go back and watch Tenet with us. Um, Because we were like, wait, what's happening? Huh? Okay, okay. And we had to explain it to each other the whole time. If you guys got it on the first view, you're smarter than me and you're way more observant. Watch with subtitles and captions on. Okay. Well, enjoy Tenet. Enjoy hanging your pictures Judy, it's always fantastic to talk to you about, you know, whatever. We shoot the breeze. We talk about Foo Fighters. We had a good time. But Will, where were you? We could have talked to you about the Foo Fighters as well, because I know that you have extensive music knowledge and, and, uh, and abilities. You could have contributed uh, some interesting facts to the conversation, but you didn't. Where were you? <laughs> Thanks. You lost out, man. <laughs> you lost out. Uh, but, no, I appreciate you coming in. I know that you gotta work your working man. Studio 8H, as always, fantastic supporter of the show and contributor. Y'all are wonderful. Y'all are beautiful. I'm gonna... This show, listen, it's gonna take off Any one of these days. You know, Vin Diesel is gonna be a huge star someday. And one day, this show will also be big. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I'll just tell you this, though, to tie it in with the main theme. I ain't stopping. Anybody... I'm gonna, I am got the stick of Dave Grohl. Uh, maybe not the creativity level, but I'm working on it. Uh, maybe over time, I will have assembled a body of work that is so extensive. I think at some point, you could, you'll just be able to reconstruct my personality from video. <laughs> and I'll live on the internet forever. Anyway, <laughs> the, this is the beginning of the... When our brains go inside the computer... I really do think that. I think this is like a weirdly... Like a weird transition in, in human history where we we exist on the internet as a profile of data and not so much as an analog. Think about that for the next 23 hours. And <laughs> The analog is incidental. The data is what matters. I think we'll... Uh, Could agree with that. My bad, y'all. The time change of the show is brain change of the unknown origin is kicking my butt. No worries, no worries. All right, well. Game over, man. It's game over. It's a philosophical show. It's also stupid. Thank you for joining me. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, I probably got to figure out what to eat. I don't know. What do you think I should eat? I should probably eat a banana. Anyway, good night, everybody.
1: I'm Enjoy that banana.
0: That's bananas. Straight grow Michelle.